WHHH Indianapolis. It's Open Lines with Cameron Riddle on Hot 96.3. Hold up. Good morning to you, Indianapolis. I'm Indy's newsman, Cameron Rodo, coming to you live from the Hot 96.3 and 106.7 WTLC studios in downtown Indianapolis on this Sunday, March 27, 2022. Uh, this morning, we will talk about some ways Indianapolis is trying to combat the problem that we've been having with violent crime in our city. Of course, you know, 2021 was a record-breaking year, but this year... Uh, the city has another plan, a new plan that has already been started. It's called, uh, it's an addition to their violence interruption program, and that is by adding peacemakers uh, to be out on the streets and help, in some cases, prevent crime from happening, or in other cases, be there to support when crime, when a crime has just happened. All of this is, of course, in an effort to make sure that 2022 is not a record-breaking year for crime, but is instead a year of change, positive change, with a reduction in homicides in the Circle City. To give us the details on what all that means, we'll hear from Lauren Rodriguez, the director uh, from the Office of Public Health and Safety, as well as Sade Hoskins, uh, who is a community resource coordinator. All of that will start our show. And then at the end of the show, We'll switch gears to something that we should be looking forward to if you at all uh, love movies, and that is tonight is the Oscars. We have a preview of what you will see tonight on the uh, red carpet, as well as all of the Indianapolis connections that maybe you didn't know uh, is what you got to go through before you can go to the Oscars. You got to make a stop right here in Indianapolis, and a couple of the Oscar nominees uh, and Oscar-nominated films have done just that. We'll talk about that around 8.45 this morning. We've got all of that and so much more coming up today on the show. But first, let's get you caught up on what's happening today in the news. IMPD is looking to add more women to its police force. Chief Taylor tells Fox 59 that right now IMPD needs about 200 more police officers for the department to be where he wants it to be. That's why he's getting behind a national initiative to have more women make up at least 30% of a police recruit class. Right now, IMPD's recruit classes are only about 14% women. You can find out more about IMPD's next recruit class on the city's website. The FDA is expected to give the green light for a second COVID-19 booster for adults over 50. According to CNN, the USDA will authorize the shots from both Pfizer and Moderna. While the shot will be authorized for use, the CDC will not be officially recommending that people get the shot unless they choose to get it on their own. Indiana's unemployment rate fell to 2.3% in February. That is down from 2.4% in January. The Indiana Department of Workforce Development says the state added nearly 11,000 private sector jobs last month. The national unemployment rate continues to fall as well. In February, that number dropped to 38 
In the forecast, it may officially be spring, but winter is back. We'll see partly cloudy skies with a high of 41 today. Tomorrow, we're only warming up to 44. The morning and overnight temperatures for the most of part of the week will drop down to 22. Temperatures will rise midweek and bring more rain along with it. Right now, it is 22. That's right, 22 degrees in Indy. At 8.04 here on a Sunday morning, we are looking ahead at 2022. As we know, 2021 was a record-breaking year for homicides in Indianapolis, and of course, everyone who cares is interested in a solution to stop the violence and reduce the number of lives lost. Now this year, the city of Indianapolis will use $150 million in federal money to combat the problem partially through its deployment of peacemakers who are part of the city's violence interruption team. In just a moment, we'll hear from some of the people who are doing the work. And of course, you'll get the chance to ask them uh, what they think and how this is going to work. And of course, bring your solutions to how you think it should work when you call our live line at 317-239-9696. But first... We'll get some context this morning with a story from Fox 59's Courtney Crown, who will give us the backstory on how the program of Peacemakers works in Indianapolis. Those dedicated to fighting crime and preventing more homicides say that they hope their work pays off swiftly and permanently. We spoke with three leaders today in crime prevention and reduction who say coming into the new year, collaboration is key. Sharday Hoskins answered the call to assist IMPD officers last night after a triple shooting near 71st and Michigan Road left two people dead. What are you needing? Um, is there anything that uh, we can take care of right away? Showing up to situations like this is a part of the Office of Public Health and Safety's role. Unfortunately, this scene is one of many they've responded to this year as they work to control the crowd, connect the families to resources, and assess threats of retaliation. Does somebody need to stay up a little bit longer to make sure that this doesn't es escalate or go somewhere else? Right now, the Office of Public Health and Safety is a team of roughly a dozen. Thanks to much federal funding, the team will expand to 50 people, including more outreach workers next year. So two to three days a week, those outreach workers will be able to be in different community-based organizations and just helping you with whatever your day-to-day -day task is. 2022 brings the official launch of the National Institute for Criminal Justice Reform into Indianapolis. Experts backing this Oakland, California model insist if people are hyper-focused on the goal of reducing shootings and homicides, positive results could come within six months. It's unique to Indianapolis in the sense that, you know, our team is really implementing it and making it fit what we need here in Indianapolis. OPHS says the model gives the community a voice in quelling violence by focusing on those involved in violence. I can't come in and tell you this is what you need. I need to come in and listen to you and tell me what you need. Reverend Charles Harrison, Indy 10 Point Coalition president, is hopeful collaboration in 2022 will make a difference. He urges the city to seek advice from Boston, a city of roughly 684,000 people, with 40 homicides in 2021, according to police data. Boston has seen a reduction. There are 20 homicides below where they were last year. If you would like to get involved in the Office of Public Health and Safety's Violence Interruption Team, we have that contact information posted for you on our website, fox59.com. Reporting in Indianapolis, Courtney Crown, Fox 59 News. 
Joining us on our live line right now here on Open Lines on this Sunday morning are two of the people that you heard in that story from Courtney, including Lauren Rodriguez. She is the director of the Office of Public Health and Safety, and Sade Hoskins is a community resource coordinator for the city of Indianapolis. Both of the ladies are on our live line and join us right now. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Cameron. This is Sade Hoskins. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much, Sade and Lauren. You guys have already been uh, hard at work. Uh, tell us what you guys are doing right now as far as, as peacemakers go. Uh, as, again, 2021, violent year, but this year crime uh, has been reported to be trending down. Do you guys have anything to do with that, and how do you keep it going? So, Sade, do you mind if I start? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I, you know, one, thank you for having us. This is a great topic. Um, and I'm going to give just a brief overview. I will say that Charday is in the trenches. She's the one that is going to be able to give a lot of those great anecdotal stories and, you know, discuss what's been going on day to day. But um, Courtney did a good overview about the Peacemaker program. Um, it is an expansion of last year's interrupter program. Um, so we have interrupters, outreach workers, and life coaches. We were able to fully expand that program and start the hiring of almost 50 people. The goal is 50 people. Right now we're at about 42 individuals hired. Um, we, we are holding off hiring the rest of the 50 um, because we have to figure out where the city needs us and we don't want to hire too many life coaches and not have enough outreach workers. So I know Charday and the team are really like looking at the numbers, looking at what's going on in our community to make it, um, to make it equitable, right? Where do we need the people and uh, make sure that we're doing it right and diligently. So, you know, there has been a reduction in the number of homicides and I you know I won't say that we are the only reason why but I think it's a collective effort of everyone involved in crime reduction right I think it's just, just our neighbors um, IMPD us I think this is something that is an all hands on deck type of issue that we need to address and so you know we're there to help with connection to resources and make sure that, you know, our neighbors are being heard and being seen. Um, so that's where I come in. Um, I'm going to let Charday take it from there and her thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you for that, uh, Lauren. I would say um, definitely echoing what Lauren said. Uh, while we see a reduction right now, um, that's great. Um, but we really have to continue to focus on the work um, because that can, you know, can change over a course of a weekend or, um, you know, summer's coming, right? So um, we're not going to be super um, optimistic. We're just going to keep our head down and continue to do the work. Um, but as of right now, um, we got everybody uh, hired and trained, and now uh, we're at the point of getting these individuals out in the community, um, letting the community-based organizations know our in reverse, um, letting our staff know what these organizations do and um, how they can use those organizations to their best capacity. Now, in that story from Courtney Crown at Fox 59, you, we heard from um, uh, Ten Point Coalition's uh, Charles Harrison. How, how similar, just to give people some 
uh, context. How similar is what you're doing compared to what a 10-point coalition had been doing and has been doing? Great question. So 10-point, um, I know in previous years they've uh, super focused on um, different areas around the city, um, trying to, you know, to make an impact in, in specific areas. Um I would say that we're a city organization, um, anything within Marion County, um, including, you know, we're, we're working within the ex excluded cities as well. Um, so, um, and that's maybe due to the staff that we have and, you know, this influx of people. So um, I would say that would be the main difference. We are citywide. There is no specific neighborhood or, or streets um, that we're working in. Um, also, um, I know does a patrolling, they're out in the neighborhoods, um, walking around. Um, we are more trying to uh, communicate with residents. Um, we don't have specific hours. It's whenever the call comes, uh, we like to be there. So, Chardonnay, let me ask you, what have you been doing? Uh, I also noticed in the story, you said, you know, sometimes when it happens, you might need somebody to, to stay late at, at a crime scene. What did you mean by that? What do you do? Yeah, um, so we sometimes get called out to crime scenes for various reasons, um, whether um, high re uh, probability of retaliation or maybe a large crime scene, maybe a large gathering of residents, um, and we come out to talk to residents and engage with the community that's there, see if anybody needs anything. Um, but on those situations that um, seem to maybe have a high um, potential for retaliation, maybe there are people on the scene um, with guns on them. Maybe they're, you know, just very high emotion. There's a lot of different factors to that. So what we're doing is just staying as late as, as that community needs us. If the community is out on the scene, you know, sometimes crime scenes can last hours and hours, six hours, eight hours. Mm -hmm. um, so as long as the, the family is there and the community is there, we'll be there as well. Lauren, you said you were looking for... 50 peacemakers and you have I think you said 42 or 44 um, what qualifies someone to be a peacemaker and it's a paying job explain that for us yeah it is a paying job um, first and foremost what how where we look for the individuals they have to be from the neighborhood right so our vetting process is completely different than you know if you just go in and apply for a job at Salesforce, for example, right? Um, our people not only have to interview, but we have to go out into the community to make sure that those individuals are known in that community. We cannot hire somebody from the west side and place them on the east side, right? Have to make sure that they have they know their community that they're serving. Our communities need to trust us. And the best way to build that trust is to hire the people from that community that have been doing that work. Um, most of, actually, I want to say almost everyone that we've hired, they have helped and they've been volunteering and they've been working on their own in this type of a capacity for years. So it's really exciting to give them a job with a livable wage um, in order to do the work that they were already doing. 
317-239-9696, We are on the air this morning with Sharday Hoskins and Lauren Rodriguez from the city of Indianapolis talking about uh, the city's new violence interruption program, which is to put peacemakers on the street to help prevent crime and in other cases help aid families and communities after a crime has happened. 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696. That's the number to get on the air this morning. And uh, ask your question or leave your comment about how this is working or maybe you have a suggestion for something that uh, you've seen in your community. I'm actually doing this show. uh, Forgive me. I can't remember which caller suggested back in January. um, Said wanted to hear about a a show about the new Peacemaker program and it's been a work in progress since then. And so uh, we finally were able to get it out here. So... um, this is the segment that was requested, and here it is. So let's go to the callers uh, and talk to them on the phone lines for a second and see what is on uh, your minds this morning. Caller on line one, good morning. You're live on open lines. Hey, Cameron, how you doing this morning? I'm good. Turn your turn your radio down for me, sir. Uh, I want to say greetings to everybody. Um, you know, I, I, <laughs> I don't I don't ever think there's a solution to a, a problem if we're not talking about the problem. I don't think that these these uh, we need to keep reprogramming people. Um, so I want to know where is the program at to stop the folk that present these situations in our neighborhoods? Because again, Cameron, like I said, man, until we come to an understanding here of what's really going on, we're not gonna we keep on coming up with these these programs and and plans and paying folk and and doing all these different types of things and calling on these people with these 501c3s that can't really address the issues because they're receiving funding uh, from the government. Um, we, we need, I'm just saying, man, this, this whole picture here is what has to be addressed. We have to get away from this this European way of living. We got to get rid of it, period. That's the only way we're going to find peace in our community because the people that are are running these programs and getting these programs from these other people are not programmed for peace. These people don't believe in peace. I'm just waiting on when we can take this over so we can start over and do the necessary things that we need to do to secure safety, peace, love, joy in our community. Until we come to that conversation, this can go on and on and on and on and on. I mean, it's just ridiculous to me that we are so or act like we're so afraid to address the issues that are really poison to our community. So until somebody comes up with a plan to stop this agenda, then we're not going to come to any type of peace. And that's my comment for today. All right. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for the comment. Now, let's go back to Paul's question. Uh, Lauren and Charday. he started off by asking, where is the program right now? You, that We are um, on the last Sunday, as crazy as that is, of, of March, uh, three months in, going into the fourth month of the year. Where does the program stand right now? What's the status report? Well, uh, yeah, I can take that. Um, as far as where it stands right now, we are um, active and moving. Um, as Lauren said, we have about 42 individuals hired. Um, we do, we are currently working with referrals, um, and we are currently, um, signing individuals up into this program that meet a certain, uh, risk factor base. Um, so the, the program is definitely moving forward and, 
past the the training in the office phase and really in the community and um, trying to push forward to summer, planning the summer activities and other outreach activities as well. 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696. That's the number to get on the air this morning. Let's go back to the phone lines caller on line two. Good morning. Who's this? Hi, Cameron. Good morning, Larry. Hi. Hey, I know you got a, everybody's got their pocket thing in their pocket, right? They need to look up Juden, right? This is just another spin on that. What they do is, is they come into our community or get people that are already there living in some kind of desperation, look at their data and see if they're doing anything to help them. And what I mean by help them is the catalog, all the people we have in our community, the young men who have been rated uh, mentally retarded like that, and who are now receiving a check, right? They're receiving a check from the federal government, maybe some thousand dollars, some seven or eight hundred dollars. That's where they get their guns from. So they go catalog all these people. Then they get them off the street and our new beautiful jail. They've got to fill that up. They not only want the citizens to pay for these people to stay in jail, but they want to take their money while they're in jail. That started under Sheriff Jack Cotty where he had people, and they talk, complain about how many mentally ill people they have in jail. Well, that's a two-way street, right? All right because so they're you, getting their check. So they're let me, taking let me their check. So put a pin in that right there. So do you have a question? The question is, uh, why do we keep on up with these programs when we know that they're doing nothing but to move a certain population and do ethnic cleansing, and we have our own people working as Juden rats? Look up Juden rats, Cameron. That's right. a very interesting term. All right, let me, it, let me. And it's what's happening right now. All right, let me get him to answer the question. Thank you, sir. Charday and um, Lauren, let me ask you part of there was a question in all of that. And the question is, something like this has been done before in other cities. Uh, it's been done right. It's been done before right here in Indianapolis with Ten Point Coalition. How did the city settle, or I don't want to use the word settle because it sounds negative, but how did the city decide that this would be uh, the next um, way to do things? Yeah, thank you, Cameron. Uh, we we have a lot of data pulled from the National Institute for Criminal Justice Reform. The reason why we settled, and, and I again, I don't want, I don't like the word settled. So the reason why we chose this program is because NICJR came into Indianapolis and did a landscape analysis, and they were willing to work with Indianapolis and adapt their program that has worked in other cities to what Indianapolis needs. And this is not a police approach program, right? This is a this is a community support community solution program. We are not asking people to be um, incarcerated. In fact, we're trying to get people out of incarceration and keep them, you know, from recidivating if they've been previously in the criminal justice system. So this is an Indianapolis specific program. It has been diligently vetted and we have worked really hard to set it up to fit our residents and make sure that they're getting what they need. I forgot to add at the top of the show that this program is being funded uh, with $150 million in federal money uh, to combat the problems of crime and violent crime here in the city. Uh, we also talked about that the um, peacemakers are, are paid employees of the city. Can you tell us uh, what, what a salary for a peacemaker might be? Yeah, it ranges, right? We have anywhere from 50000 to about $57,000 
per position. Um, it depends on the position. And it's because we are very prideful in the fact that we wanted these positions to be paid in, in a way that provides livable wages. And to highlight how important this work is, like Sade was saying, these are not a nine to five job. We have individuals working 24 seven around the clock jobs, right? And we wanna make sure that they get compensated for their work. Sade, let me ask you a little more about that. What what does a typical uh, day for a peacemaker look like? And I guess I'm imagining that a uh, you know, a peacemaker on the west side may not work the same hours as a peacemaker on the north side and the east side and the south side and downtown could be depending on what's happening in the area. Are there events in the area? Uh, what what does a day look like? Yeah, you're absolutely correct. Um, it, it varies. Um, it, it's definitely flexible. Um, so we're really database. So we go by um, where the the data says crime happens and when it says it happens. Um, so we sometimes work late. Um, so a typical day would be there's always a check-in um, with leadership. You know, that's a call. That's a, a quick meeting um, where we set up the day. What's the plan? Who's doing what? Um, is there anything that we need to follow up on from yesterday? You know, just those, um, you know, general team meeting to start the day. Um, from there, everybody gets out on their assignments. And again, there are several different positions. Um, so everybody has a different role, but it all kind of fits together like puzzle pieces. So a life coach, um, particularly, their main job is to engage uh, with these individuals that we've um, entered into our program. That's their main job. Every single day, I want them to be engaging with that with that individual, um, making sure that um, they are getting done the goals that they have for themselves and helping push in their life uh, forward on that path of success. Whereas an outreach worker, uh, they may be in a community center today. They may be at a, a high school. They may be at a community event. Um, the outreach worker's role is really to um, be the face and be the part the, the frontward facing person that can go into those community centers and then help them, but then also come back to to me and to Lauren and say, hey, look, well, this organization really needs this in order to be successful, or um, they could use help with this in order to be successful. So then it's it's my job to take that back to Lauren and say, hey, look, Lauren, we, we need we need this on the ground level or we need this or that. So um, that's how the, it should work on a daily. 317-239-9696. Let's go back to the phones and talk to the listeners who have questions this morning. Caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? This is Damien. Damien, you're live on the air, Damien. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Good morning to everybody. Um, I kind of got a, a statement and I got a question. Go for them both. Um, first, I want to know, I'm a, I'm a I'm a, I'm a self-reformed person from the streets that used to be out there doing a lot of stuff. I'm a 50-year-old man now. Mm-hmm. Been on the east side, west side, south side. I've been a little bit everywhere doing a lot of stuff. Never got talked for. Guys, Grace set me out of the way. Um, and I am now currently a head coach at a, inner school, at a high school in the inner city, and I'm a dean as well. I've been trying to get a part of this program, be a part of this program for a while. I've reached out, never gotten contacted. I work at the high school that I'm in is on the far east side, off 42nd and Medhopper. Um, I won't say any names, but I'm also the head coach. I've had two players shot three locked up for robbery, 
three locked up for murder. And yet to still, I keep hearing all this talk about uh, groundwork and people that are qualified or people that do this and people that do that. But it seems like they won't get back to somebody who has their foot in the community, who deals with these young men, mostly young men, um, that are out here doing these things. I actually started up a high school varsity program four and a half years ago at this school. Um, and I've been a part of education and behavior since 2010. Um, I keep hearing a lot of the, uh, I mean, I hear the, the back and forth about, you know, they're trying to point, people are calling, pointing fingers at, you know, giving money. It's not about money. It's about the kids that are actually affecting, except it's a lot of these kids, young kids between 18 to 20, 16 to 24 that are out here doing a lot of this crime. Um, I'm, I'm respected by a lot, um, a few of them. And, and, and like I said, I've been on all sides of town. So I'm trying to wonder, like somebody that has their pulse in and their hand in in this, how do you not, how do you go about being involved? How do you go about, you know, uh, uh, trying to make a change from the ground up, as the lady just said? Um, because when you're in the thick of it, and you know, I just had a guy shot three times in the back last year. I mean, not last year, just last week. They played on my football team. Mm-hmm. Multiple guys have been in gun violence on my team, and I try to keep them away from it, and I give them my testimony, and I give them my story about where I came from and to where I'm at. And I'm a guy that's working in high school and in the middle school and elementary that um, has no college degree, that had to go back and get his GED, that don't have a, don't have a felony, but I have a arrest record. But So can somebody lead me into a direction to try to, if you really want to get to the people that really interact with these young people every day, how would I go about doing it? All right, well, don't hang up because uh... – we're going to get you to answer right now with Lauren and Charday. So, Charday, you're looking for Lauren. You guys are looking for a couple more peacemakers. Sounds like you might have a candidate right here. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for calling in, Damien. Um, mm-hmm. I, I would say that um, getting in touch with us is I would I would be happy to provide my email, my phone number, my Facebook, you know, get in contact with us in any way. Um, and he said, those individuals that do that work every day who know those young those young people um, are who should be hired. So I absolutely agree with you, and I, I would love to talk with you more um, on that um, because, okay. I, like you said, our high schools are super involved in, in some of these um, – our high school students, I guess I should say, are involved in a, some of these crimes. Um, so we are working on forging partnerships with the schools. Um, uh-huh. But it, it does take employing people like Damien, who's been there, done that, in the schools, in the community where the students know their face. It takes those individuals to do this work. Okay. Uh, Dame, uh, uh, Damien or uh, Charday, how can we get you two connected by phone here? Let me see. Hey, I can, I'll give my number, my email, whatever I got to do. I've, I've reached out to them. Um, at one point, I think it was a lady by the name of Miss Majors. I think I sent an email. We talked. We conversated Shana a couple Majors. of times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we conversated a couple of times. I'm familiar with the other another person that had something to do with this too, as well. Um, I just, you know, like I said, man, this has personally affected me. Um, being in this inner city, I live on the far east side. I'm from Hallville. <laughs> I um, have been in Zoneyville, like I said, man. So. And I and, and I'm not glorifying anything that I've done. I mean, I thank God for His mercy and His grace that He allowed me to not be put in a position where 
I wouldn't have been able to be allowed to work with these young folks because of my record. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I don't have one. So, you know, I give that all praise. I'm a praise to God about that. But what I will say is I just think that a lot of folks that are, you know, you want to go to the crime scene and you want to talk at the crime scene about something or you want to stay out there and investigate. I think there's more of a motive to get into these kids or to these young men that, that got the pistols in their hands, that have the beefs, that are out here selling drugs, that are are out here stealing and robbing, you you have to go to them at the core. I know a young lady that runs a program that she's taking three or four of my players every week downtown to work for her like her girls program and they go to the convention center and whatever and they do um runners for for events and whatever and these kids are getting $150, $200 a day to go do things like this but these are kids that are normally out here trying to get money any way they see fit you know what so, I mean so I just think I'm sorry but I'll get No 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 no, no. I, I want to make sure that you get uh Charday's contact information so that you guys can can link up Charday can you give him uh your email and I and I will put it uh on our website uh, as well for people to contact you Absolutely, and I look forward to your for your email and to sit down and talk with you to see um, how we can, uh, you know, grow a relationship between the two of us because that's what this work is that we do. It's building relationships. Yep. So my email yep. is my first name, which is Charday S H A R. Well, I'm actually in my car, Charday. I'm getting out. I'm about to walk my dog. Uh, let me uh, let me make it in the house and so I can write this down. I don't want to lose the connection. All right, um, all right. We're, we're gonna talk while you get while you get into the house, okay. so you can make sure you okay. get. Uh, Charday's information, but we also have other callers coming, so I'm gonna give you a couple okay. seconds here. Um, so uh, Charday and Lauren, uh, when you have people um, like Damien, what, what's the process that now you guys are gonna go through to further have a conversation? Yeah, I, I guess I'll take that one. So. Um, firstly, I, I want to set up a meeting with anybody. I, uh, this like this is really relationship-based. So I want to meet with them. I want to meet with them face-to-face. Let's sit down and let's talk. Over the phone, I can hear Damien's, I can hear his passion, right, for this work. So when I'm sitting down with somebody, that's what I'm looking for. Do you have passion for this work? Is this a career for you? That's kind of what it is for us. Um, Exactly. We've been called to do this work. It's not um, just a job for us. Um, I I think most of us would do it for free, have done it for free, um, and really just want to make an impact on this community. So that would be the first thing I'm looking at is is passion and and your willingness to do the work regardless of getting a check. Um, Yeah, I'm in the house now so she can give me her email. Yeah, I I hear you rummaging through the uh, junk drawer trying to find a pen. Uh, Sharday, go ahead with your email, please. Yep, my email, my first name, uh, Sharday, that's S-H-A-R-D-A-E. Dot, my last name, Hoskins, H-O-S. I didn't hear you. I'm sorry, I didn't hear your last name. Hoskins. I didn't hear your last H-O-S. name. I'm sorry. God, this is um, cool. It's Hoskins, H-O-S-K-I-N-S. I want to make sure I got it right. S-H-A-R-D-A-E dot. Hoskins, H-O-S-K-I-N-S at Indy. Dot gov. At indie dot. Can I give uh can I give you my email just in case any time? Absolutely. A, I'm ready whenever you are. My email is uh Givens G I V E N S D and then the number three seven two at Gmail. 
All right. Thank you for that information, sir. And I, I look forward to uh, our upcoming conversation. All right. You all have a blessed rest of your Sunday, okay? All right. Thank you, Damian, for listening, right. calling, and for everything you do. We appreciate you, man. Okay. You're welcome. Thank you. 317-239-9696. 317-239-9696. Let me squeeze in another caller, too, before we wrap up. Uh, caller on line two. Good morning. You're live on Open Lines. Who's this? Hey, good morning. How you doing, Brad Cameron? I'm good. This is the Audible Red and Pillar. Good morning, sir. Um, 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 uh, and, and to your guests there, um, what we need to do is, because um, uh, uh, I'm for like a blink tour, and, um, and where we go into school and, and sit with the kids, and, um, and, uh, this what this what we got to do here. We want to do something like this. You got to stick with it because the students, our babies, our future is is going to look up to us in this because what we got to do is we got we got good ideas. When we come to the table, we got to be a really serious heart in this because it's going to help us in this journey. Uh, Reverend Phillips, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, what, you, what I'm going to say is that uh, my mentor, and I love him dearly, he gone. He called Cameron. Uh, his name is Reverend Moselle Sanders. Mm-hmm. And I know people know him well because he just didn't talk <laughs> on the radio. He didn't talk behind the pulpit. He went out into the community just like Jesus because that he helped a lot of people. Well, Reverend Phillips, in Indianapolis. I appreciate you calling. I'm going to stop you right there because you asked. Okay. You, you put a question in there, and I want to get uh, okay. Reverend and Shine. My question is, uh, I like how they doing it, but uh, we have to, we have to. Let's quit talking. Let's put it in action because I believe that if we put it. In action, we can, we can, we can, we can, you know, like when we see our brother falling, we lift him up. All right. Thank you, Reverend Phillips. Appreciate it. In that, um, he brought up something about the timeline and not giving up. What is the benchmarks of success for this? Uh, how do you measure success? Uh, and how long is this program going to go? Is this a one-year deal? How does it work? Yeah, thank you, Cameron. Try to, I can take this one if you want. Um, so this program has already been started here in Indianapolis, so it's not a one-year program. With ARPA funding, we were able to expand the program fully in Indianapolis. So the goal is for the next three years, it's going to be ARPA funded with the hopes that we, one, show the community that it works, and two, um, report data back 
to allow for it to be in the operational budget or help out in other areas of sources of funding. So we don't plan on losing this program anytime soon. As far as the data-driven results, this, is, this can't be correlated with just the shooting numbers, right? We don't, of course, that's what we're always going to be compared to, but mm -hmm. this year we're really digging deep into finding those success stories and making sure that the community knows, you know, this is how many people we've connected to jobs. This is how many people we have helped get connected to their families again, right? Um, they, they, these individuals have goals of their own. And so we want to make sure that we are uplifting those individuals and on their individual need basis. So success to us is getting somebody back into, um, the, getting somebody back into school or getting somebody connected to their children again, getting somebody mental health services, allowing them to open up to us and to trust us with, you know, their deepest, darkest issues that they're facing um, to show that we are there to support them and we are there to work with them and make sure that they know that success to us for them is what they have shown us and their goals and their life map. So it so we, we know how this is going going to work as far as um, the measure of success for many um, is going to be, like you said, the, how many people got shot and killed in Indianapolis. Um, you know, it's, if if you have the same amount of shootings as we had last year, this program, no matter all the other things that you uh, just named off as far as connections and other people you help, it's going to be named a failure um, by many. Um, and I guess there will be some validity in that side, but I... I am going to extend an invitation for you to come back at least every quarter so we can measure. Yeah, we'll measure the, the, the shootings and whatnot, but also those other numbers that you just brought up. How many people have you guys connected? How many people have uh, these peacemakers connected with? I, I'd love to hear all of the data because I would bet my entire year's pay the headline will be based upon how many people were shot in Indianapolis is what we'll deem uh, this program a success or a failure. So as we wrap up, can you ladies come back several times this year with some of that other data uh, that's not readily available, you know, as far as how many people got shot, but all that other data you just talked about, can you come back and, and talk about that at least um, three more times this year? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that you even want us back to talk about that data. It's important that it's highlighted. So I will definitely be here. All right. I appreciate it. And 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 Charday, love to have you back as well. And if you would like to bring, uh, you know, uh, one of the other peacemakers who's been out on the street, love to I would love to hear some of the stories of the people that, that they've been able to touch crimes that they've been able to prevent. Um, it's, it's all about the other data is what I really want to hear, because we'll be able to see people walking on the street. But we will still see, you know, crime scene tape and, and you're not going to be able to prevent every crime and, and murder that happens in Indianapolis. But um, if there is other things behind the scenes that's going on, we'd love to hear about it here on Open Lines. Absolutely, Cameron. Uh, looking forward to our next time talking. Um, we're we're all about the data um, and all about being able to show the work that we're doing. Um, so um, we, we're looking forward to putting out data as it needs to be put out. So uh, looking forward to coming back. 
All right. Uh, Sharday Hoskins and Lauren Rodriguez from the city of Indianapolis. Ladies, thank you so much for coming on the show. And we'll hear back from you sometime. Let's see. It's, it's March sometime in three months from now. So June or July in the summer. We'll have you back here on the show. Great. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Still to come here on Open Lines, we are going to change gears now and get you ready to uh, be elegant and watch some television and uh, rank the movies of the Oscars. You know, the first stop to getting to the Oscars for many is to go to the film festival that's hosted right here in Indianapolis. We're going to get you a preview of the Oscars and the Indianapolis connections that you should watch for tonight uh, when the Oscars airs live on TV. More of Open Lines is coming up in just a moment. to open lines with Cameron Riddle on Hot 96.3. And we are back here on open lines here on Hot 96.3 and 106.7 WTLC. We're getting you ready for the Oscars tonight for all you movie watchers. Want to change gears and let you know that for a lot of these movies, they have to stop right here in Indianapolis before they can even qualify to become an Oscar-nominated uh, film or actor, what have you. I'm doing this segment because I think, uh, as a, someone who is from here in Indianapolis, I think we constantly downplay all of the things that Indianapolis is involved in. Uh, I think no one else disrespects Indianapolis more than the people who live in Indianapolis sometimes uh, because we say we're not we're not this. Oh, we're not that. We're a small town. We're not this. We're not that. But there are so many cool things that are headquartered right here uh, in Indianapolis that anytime I get a chance to point them out, I will do so. So that, you know, we're on the map, baby, in a couple of different ways. And in one of them is film. Uh, to help prove that point is Greg Sorvik. He works for the Heartland Film, uh, which is actually headquartered right here in Indianapolis. And of course, uh, Heartland Film uh, hosts the 11. Uh, the 11-day Heartland International Film Festival every year right here in Indianapolis. Greg Sorvig is the um, artistic director and joins us on our live line right now. Greg, good morning. Hey, good morning. Yeah, that's just a fancy title saying I'm the, I'm the main movie guy. I'm a huge, hey. uh, movie fan. And like you said, I've lived in uh, 10 different states in my late 30s, um, and I love Indianapolis. And I, just like you said, People don't think of Indy and Indi uh, Indiana as a as a film uh, place, but we have a lot going on, and they just passed um, funding for tax incentives, so we're going to be competitive. There's going to be a lot of great uh, stuff coming from the movies down the road, but yeah, today is Oscar Sunday, so we are we're very excited about tonight. So, so that did get passed to allow uh, tax incentives for more movies and films to be made here in Indianapolis. That got passed. Yeah, it got passed. So we're we're very uh, fortunate to be in the mix, and I think what's great about that is that it'll bring attention to Indiana, hopefully from big studio titles down to the true independent film, um, and then a lot of those films will have uh, premieres with festivals like Heartland and stuff too. So it'll it'll be great, and I think it goes into effect uh, July first. So you can expect some big news rolling out probably uh, this summer or later this year. So yeah, that's yeah, it's a, the tide has turned. That's what's made uh, Atlanta turn into Hollywood of the South because of that same tax incentive. So, Greg, uh, so you've got the Oscars tonight. Uh, a lot of these movies go through the Heartland Film Festival here in Indianapolis before they – that's one of the qualifying things that makes them Oscar-nominated worthy. Yeah, exactly. So we, um, we are an Oscar-qualifying film festival. We have a short film festival in July called Indie Shorts. 
and we are sanctioned by the Academy. So whoever wins our grand prizes essentially gets a golden ticket. They get to skip some of the, the harder requirements, and they're eligible for the Academy Awards. So we've had eight short film winners, 29 nominees in the past decade. And then when it comes to the big powerhouse films, like The Power of the Dog from Netflix it has the most nominations with 12. We had the Midwest premiere of that movie um, earlier this year, or last year in October, in addition to King Richard with Will Smith. And we gave an award to Will Smith. He sent a great video. Um, we had The Hand of God, which is up for Best International Film. Flea, which is um, a, a documentary film that's also animated, that's nominated in uh, Best International Film, Documentary, and Animated, which has never happened before. But yeah, the road to the Oscars does come through Indianapolis. So uh, if you go to heartlandfilm.org and you just come to the festival, you can see a lot of stuff early, um, and then you can root for it, you know, come Oscar time. So, I, which I didn't realize, um, you know, people can come here and they can see these films before you even really hear about them. Um, they can watch them and screen them at the festivals here in Indy. Yeah, definitely. I think Oscar season really kicks off with the big festivals in September. You have Venice, um, you have Toronto, you have Telluride. And our festival's um, the first week of October, so we dovetail right after that. So, I mean, King Richard, I think we're like maybe the third festival in the entire world uh, to play that film after wow, it played okay. Telluride as well, too. So, I mean, we yeah, it's, it, we have a great track record. Um, I've been with Heartland for 10 years, and we keep growing our reputation. But uh, the big studios know as well that they've, they've got to play Indianapolis to, to really get that momentum going. And, yeah, King Richard specifically won our Audience Choice Awards. So it was the top film out of all of our movies, and audiences just loved it. So I think um, that's always a great indicator, and studios love that because it's like a, a laurel, like a little logo um, that they can put on their posters and, and promote it. So, yeah, it's great. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're very fortunate to have uh, six uh, feature film nominees this year, three shorts, and then uh, we have an award we give to films throughout the year, because sometimes the schedule doesn't work out. A film might release early, like the film Coda released on Apple, but we gave it our studio award called the Truly Moving Picture Award. So that's neat. So Troy Kotsur, who is the actor um, who is also deaf um, in Coda, he's he's uh, likely going to win supporting actor. He's actually been to Heartland two times in the past with different films, and he just keeps racking up the awards, has this hilarious um, yet really endearing performance in CODA, which is uh, an acronym for Child of Death Adults. Mm. And, yeah, he's probably going to win the Oscar tonight. So what, what's your pick for uh, Best Picture tonight? Best Picture? So the neat thing is, like, when you, you can fill out your ballot as well, too, and sometimes it's kind of tough. Uh, you can look at the movie that has the most nominations, but really the Oscars is, like, the last hurrah out of all of these things, think of like F1 racing or anything else too. It's like, this is the final thing, but mm -hmm. other competitions have happened. So you have like the screen actors guild, producers guild, um, writers guild, uh, golden globes, all of these awards. And those can kind of be indicators mm -hmm. because it really comes down to the people who are voting on these films as members of the Academy. And some of them overlap, but the film with the biggest buzz, uh, obviously power of the dog has been a front runner. Belfast uh, from Kenneth Branagh um, came out strong, too, won the Audience Award at Toronto. But CODA has won these huge awards and has been this, this dark horse and um, is really, in the last few days, favored to win. So that is my pick. The so, Academy tends to usually go for films that are crowd-pleasers, too, as well as technically great films. So I think the first streamer that's going to win Best Picture is going to be um, Apple. But it's, it's funny that we're looking at Netflix, really, with Power of the Dog. 
versus Apple, Apple Plus with Coda. So, um, yeah, we're in a new era for sure, but I I'm think looking, Coda is going to take it. I'm looking at the best pictures list, and I haven't seen any of the movies except Don't Look Up. And I thought yeah. that was a phenomenal movie. It was way too real from somebody who sat in a chair <laughs> um, telling people about COVID-19. I saw all of the parallels of what they were saying, you know, with this meteor coming uh, to, to COVID and, uh, you know, climate change. I was like, oh, my God, this is like watching myself in a mirror right now. Uh, and so that would be because that's the one I saw and I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. It was so good. It was scary. That's my pick for uh best picture don't look up yeah definitely i think um that also is making some noise potentially in best original screenplay okay i'll take it um so that one i might have a better chance of winning that but then again um yeah we'll see i think kenneth brana and belfast which has been kind of a kind of a an award series darling is kind of up there too thing with licorice pizza which is a funny name but it's a very kind of personal story from uh, paul excuse me paul thomas anderson as well but yeah, Don't Look Up was, was a pretty hilarious film. Like you said, it's like you can essentially go through your Facebook feed or social media and mm-hmm. you're kind of seeing a lot of the same same jokes and uh, different personalities in there too in that movie. But yeah, Adam McKay, um, he does those kind of satirical, biting type films. He don't, he did Vice about you know, Dick Cheney. Um, he did um, the film about you know stock market and stuff too. So yeah, he's, he's a pretty uh, quick-witted, pretty funny guy. We got 30 seconds left. Uh, best actor, who's your pick? I'm going with Will Smith. He was here with King Richard. Um, we gave him an award as well. This is a career-defining performance. I think he's going to beat out Denzel um, and make history, too. And but yeah, ten, it's neat. We have <laughs> and 10 seconds left. Best, fem- best actress. Best actress. Um, I, I'm rooting for Kristen Stewart. We had her portraying Princess Diana, but I think uh, in the last minute here, I think Jessica Chastain might take it for uh, – for Tammy Faye. I've been hearing a lot about Penelope Cruz, too, but I'm going to pick Kristen Stewart. I hope she gets it. All right. Uh, You can watch the Oscars tonight live at 8 o'clock on ABC. Greg Sorvig from Heartland Film, thank you so much for coming on the show this morning. Hey, thanks for supporting Indy, and thanks for having me. Absolutely. That's going to do it for this edition of Open Lines with Cameron Moodle. We are coming back same time, same station, next Sunday, live at 8. Coming up on Hot 96.3, it's your favorite music of the day. And... On WTLC, here comes Al Sharpton. Before we go, quick note, congratulations to our former co-host here on Open Lines. Ebony Chappelle was named uh, on IBJ's 40 Under 40 list. I always, uh, I said, told Ebony I'd nominate her years ago, but she said she'd never win. She said she'd never get on the list, and she got it. So, Ebony Chappelle, congratulations for being part of the Indianapolis Business Journal's 40 people under 40. We'll see you back here next time, next Sunday, live at 8. Bye.